welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. All right, welcome again to the Defender Podcast. This is Rick Morton. Today is February the 7th, 2024. Can you believe it? We are in the second month of 2024. It just seems like yesterday we were celebrating Christmas and, uh, you know, anticipating the new year. And now we're well into it. And uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about a little bit is uh, today we're going to spend some time and we're going to talk about uh, emotional exhaustion. <laughs> and for a lot of us in the midst of the winter, you know, and and kind of in the in those um, in those days between the beginning of school for a second semester and spring around the corner, it's kind of not unusual to feel a little blue, to feel a little, you know, a little like the weather when you look outside, it's gray. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what that, uh, you know, what that looks like as a parent, some ways that we can identify those things that cause it and and some things to do. And I'm going to be um, today talking with Kara Clark, who is uh, one of Lifeline's therapists. Um, she is in Louisiana uh, and we're going to talk and I'm going to get Kara to give us a little more, but you guys know her. She's been on actually. We've talked about this subject before and there apparently it resonated with a whole bunch of the folks that are listening. Uh, out there. And so hopefully today we're going to do some things that'll that'll be helpful. But uh, before I get to Kara, we're going to talk a little bit about what Lifeline does for family support. And so, you know, as parents, we walk through days and years of uh, caring for someone as a parent through adoption or a parent uh, temporarily in foster care, uh, caring for someone who's experienced trauma. And, uh, Sometimes we as ourselves may struggle and feel like we don't have anything left to give. And, and so our parent coaching and counseling teams provide support to parents and families who are walking through these difficult paths toward healing. You can visit lifelinechild.org backslash child dash and dash family dash support. Or you can just check the show notes to learn more about our services and to fill out a form, uh, request an appointment. Actually, what that'll do is it'll just get you into conversation with someone that can help you to understand if if the things that Lifeline does might be of help to you or your family. And we'd love to have that conversation. And so again, you can go to lifelinechild.org backslash child dash and dash family dash support, or you can just check in the show notes. But one of the folks that is at the end of all of filling out that form and kind of helping us know uh, a way that we might be able to help you is Kara Clark. And uh, just, uh, I just want to say personally, um, Kara is a friend, uh, have really just enjoyed getting to know her and her husband, Cullen, uh, to um, just to hear a lot more about what God has done in, in and through them and, and the way that, that, they're serving folks in South Louisiana. And uh, and so, Kara, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, a little gray outside, 
or a little rainy actually behind over my shoulder here. That kind of feels a little bit like what February feels like to some degree. Okay. Yeah. And uh and and so, you know, the idea that um, you know, that sometimes we we kind of walk through feeling like we've we've kind of given pretty much everything we can give is um something we all walk through at times. Right. And I and I think as as parents, uh, but also as, you know, particularly as followers of Jesus, um, we sometimes emotionally, mentally kind of almost play the game of feeling like we can't feel like that, right? Like, right. like it's and and yet, um, you know, with all the responsibility that we have and the identity that we have in Christ, there's a there's a reality that um, that we have to do some things, I think, to be um, to contribute to our own emotional well-being. And and so I I just love to hear you kind of jump in and <clears throat> and talk about the reality of, you know, of, you know, sort of feeling like your reserve is gone and and you kind of don't have um you know, you maybe don't feel like today you you have anything to give from. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you start in a in a moment like that? Yeah, I think honestly, I think those moments are becoming more and more common, and I, yeah. you know, for people, um, for Christians, but non Christians alike, but definitely for Christians, I think we have a sense of um, a calling, right? We have a sense of responsibility. And um, the work is great. And so you you feel like, you know, you rest when you die, I think is something that, you know, <laughs> my husband and I have told ourselves before, you know, which is horrible, um, but um, horrible advice. But um, yeah, I think, you know, as Christians, as Christian parents, as um, parents that we are wanting to raise our children um in to know Christ and to know him, you know, deeply and to be part of his church and community. Sometimes we can get caught in the weeds, I think. And um, that can be exhausting. So, you know, I, I, we, before we started, I said, I don't know if I'm the person to really speak about this. (laughs) My month of December, I mean, full, I feel like I should say this honestly, in full disclosure, like my month of December, I had, our calendar was so full, we didn't have one evening off, you know, between church and between family and our three children and basketball and work and all the things. Um, I spoke with Angela, one of the other counselors here, you know, I meet with her (laughs) to just touch in and I told her I have no, um, no margin in our schedule for anything else. All good things, but just really full. And um, that really, I think that was really wrong. Like it was not, it was all good things. It was all things that, you know, we enjoy doing. But as a family, we like to do an advent calendar, you know, for preparing for Christmas. Um, And again, confession time, I think we did it three times. 
Mm-hmm. You're supposed to do it every day. Um, I was, we had people over for Christmas and I was like embarrassed because our tree didn't have very many ornaments on it. Like it took everything <laughs> in me not to be dishonest and just put the ornaments up to the day that we we're supposed to, because there's only like three or four hanging, you know, um, it's just, we're, we're busy and life is full. And, and as a Christian, it can be full of really good things, but, um, there's not a lot of time for rest, um, not a lot of time for reflection and just taking care of ourselves and, you know, doing that. And so it becomes exhausting. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's I think we all can identify with it. Um, you know, I had a had an experience uh just this last week and uh we were in a in a video meeting and, and kind of in a in a video chat like you and I are right now where we were you know several of us were looking at each other and one of the folks was working from home and uh she had her Christmas tree was up behind her yeah. and I just started laughing because because I was like we're not the only ones <laughs> like we actually <laughs> like our, our Christmas tree just went away just a couple of days ago. I've got to, I got to be honest. And so we, um, and, and we, and we sort of justified it from our time in South Louisiana. And so you'll appreciate this because we were debating as to whether we just make it a Mardi Gras tree. Yeah, we and, had that debate. Just, <laughs> yeah. But, but the, but the fact is it was just like, where are you going to find the time sometimes even to, you know, even to do the basics and, and I think one of the things we've sort of been, and, and this is not to, you know, this is not to make folks feel guilty, but I think it's something we've been pondering in our house is, um, you know, Jesus took time to rest. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you, you know, and, and like all of these things that we're doing in, in the name of Jesus, and we just kind of had a reality check moment looking at each other going, you know, we're not acting a whole lot like Jesus right. in in what we're doing and, and how we're doing it. And and so I think maybe let's talk a little bit about that, you know, that pressure to mm-hmm. to do and perform kind of against the need for us to, you know, find those you know, find those moments of rest and, and like, how do you, how do you even think about, cause there are going to be seasons like your December, right? Like you, you can't, you, you can't not, you know, you can't resign you your life now? and not do those yeah. things. Right. But, but, it, but there also have to be rhythms that you build in to manage that. I think. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good question. And I think, um, so I was given, and I was slightly offended by the gift, but I was given um, this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by um, John Mark Comer. I don't know if you're familiar with that book, um, but I was given that for Christmas and we were literally coming out of this really busy season. And I was like, OK, it's my poor mother in law, my husband told her to give it to me. So it wasn't her fault. But she was like, I was told to give it to me. You know, but <clears throat> reading through that you know, that book. And, um, I think the Lord is really working something in my life and my family's life. And it resonates with what you say. Like there is an identity and a pride in being busy that, um, I think as Western in our Western culture, that it is, 
if you're busy, then you're, you're being productive and you're being successful. And so if you think about it, when someone asks you, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great, but I'm so busy. You know, life is so full. And if you have downtime, then it feels um, uncomfortable and it feels lazy and it feels, you know, and so as Christians, we are called to pattern our lives after Jesus, right? And he definitely had times of rest and solitude. He had times when he was, he got away to spend time with the Lord and to rest and to take care of himself. Mm-hmm. And we, um, I think we are adverse to that because busyness is distraction. You know, from a counseling point of view, I think what are we filling our lives with so much? What are we running from? Because, you know, when I we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. Right. right? And so what are we saying no to? And that, you know, when I said yes to all these things during the Christmas season, I said no to having that Advent time with my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back, some of those things were not as valuable as that time, you know, um, and so it's prioritizing and it's prioritizing that that rhythm of rest. I think we are there's so many things demanding our attention yeah. at all times. And when we do not prioritize our relationship with the Lord and with ourselves and with our families and everything else gets our attention when those things that we really truly do value, we don't have the energy and the time and the, we're just exhausted. We don't have it to give, you know, and they're good things. It's not necessarily bad things. There can be really good things, but um, when they don't, or when they misalign or they distract from what our real priorities need to be or should be or what we want them to be, um, which is usually relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and connection, then we are going to feel depleted. I think that's one of the reasons why we struggle with emotional exhaustion. I don't think it's the only reason, but I think it's yeah. a large factor. No, that's really good. And and I think it, it you know, there... And and I would say editorially, I think there are reasons that we struggle with emotional exhaustion that are that are sometimes somewhat out of our control, right? Like they're things that they're just beyond us, but you're you're identifying something that's that's not beyond us. It's you know, it, it's choices that we're actively making. I, I think so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out because I wanna I wanna kind of make sure that we're we're also acknowledging in the midst of, you know, this conversation that probably a lot of the folks that we're, you know, we're talking to today are adoptive parents, foster parents. Um, There's, there's extra complexity in, you know, in your life because of, because of the way that, you know, God's built your family. Um, and so, Kara, I'm going to throw something out at you, and this is a little bit of a surprise. We haven't talked about this, but I'm, but this is this is this is me having my therapy session, and we're just going to do it in front of everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, but but like one of the things I've really kind of been struggling with in all this as well is this like overwhelming pressure to be enough, mm-hmm. and and that. You know, and and it's and some of it is self-imposed, and some of it I think is 
you know, is perceptually maybe how we experience things. But for kids that have deep and profound and ongoing needs that are that are really challenging, um, you know, one of the things I think down deep that that you struggle with is sufficiency in trying to do all the right things to to serve your children well and to be part of their healing and all of this sort of stuff. And so here's the here's the reality. Like part of where part of where God's working on me is is the realization that I can't be enough. Mm-hmm. Nor should you be. No. And and that my struggle and like part of my sinfulness and and part of my honestly part of my rebellion mm-hmm. is trying to do good things to be enough. And it's just like, you know, God is saying like you can't be. <laughs> And and I don't and I don't expect you to be and I don't want you to be because I because I'm the only one who's enough. Yeah. And and just like being on that treadmill to try to be enough is in and of itself exhausting. the very definition of exhaustion, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think that's an uncommon. I think among parents in general, Mm -hmm. I definitely think um, parents that are, you know, parenting children from hard places, foster care, adoption. But I also believe parenting in general, you know, you want to to do your best. You want you want your children to be your best. I think there's a few things there. I think it is complex when you are parenting kids. So let's begin with parenting kids that come from or are affected by trauma. Mm-hmm. We know that trauma affects, you know, um, the five B's, right? Brain <laughs> development, behavior, beliefs, body, biology. It affects us holistically. And there are times when those, those affects or those things that it impacts are not necessarily obvious. So, you know, your child looks and acts and like everyone else in a lot of ways, but their emotional needs, their emotional demands, um, you know, their mental needs, they, they, they can be unseen, but then they're also obvious, but they can feel like a reflection of you because they can mm. sometimes come out in big behaviors. I think we see this in church very often, you know, you're a good family in your church, in your child, I'm sorry, your child is not you know, following the rules or not playing the church role that we expect them to play. And that happens with biological children too, but I think it can happen with children that come from hard places. And that pressure and that, that, you know, feeling like those eyes are on you and like, you know, we we're not doing it right. And you feel like there's that judgment. I think that can be part of that emotional exhaustion because you don't necessarily feel comfortable putting your children in settings where they're not going to be understood and they're not going to be, you know, cared for well. So then you may have a tendency to isolate, which again, late leads to that exhaustion. I think as parents, though, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves to meet all of our children's needs. 
Mm-hmm. And we are created in God's image. So we have the ability to create and to relate, but we are also creation and we are limited. We're just are limited. And I think we see our limitations as deficiencies. And I think that's a distorted way to see them. I think our limitations are just what they are. And we cannot be all things to our children at all times. And I see this a lot in my practice. You know, we want to be mom and dad and teacher and coach and nutritionist and entertainer and decide like, and it's like, whoa, like there's just, you know, and again, in our Western culture, we tend to be more nuclear family, not necessarily have extended family around us. So that kind of limits us, but yet we still want to do all the things and we want to do them all well. Um, and there's not a lot of grace there. And I yeah. think I think one of the things that you said, and I think this we shouldn't gloss over this, you're not going to be able to do it perfect. Yeah. And you shouldn't do it perfect. Because if you do, then your children, if they, if you meet all their needs at all times, then when do That's they right. ever see Jesus? Right. 100%. You know, I mean, we we are going to be <laughs> insufficient and we should be insufficient because right. that's how we come to know Jesus. And how big is God's grace that in our brokenness, he uses our that to, you know, bring people to him to bring your children to him in our brokenness and our relation and our broken relationships with each other, because we live in a broken world. He can still by his grace, you know, reconcile to himself and to us. Yeah. You know, I mean, simple things like, um, apologizing to your kids when you're wrong. Yeah. The repair is so important. You know, I don't think we can minimize that you are going to mess up. Yeah. You know, and it is so Im- impactful and probably not the best word, but just so beneficial for our kids to see, you know what, I messed up there. That's right. not how I want to act. That's not how I wanted to respond. Maybe I need a redo, you know, yeah. and and okay, like that's, you know, the, the wires in your brains are connecting in that moment. And that repair is just so, so good and so big for them. Yeah. And I think like, I don't want to let this moment go by without saying this. I think to, to extend what we see in, in trauma-informed parenting and, and say also your children need to see you live in repentance. Yeah, And so it's not just Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'm not, and I, and I know you and I agree on this. But the the thing is, like, they need to see you not only um, deal with the fact that you may have done something to sin against them, or or to fall short in you know in in how you're trying to to live or care for them, but they need to subtly or maybe overtly see us be willing to turn to the Lord. and and repent and you know because i think that's where they learn it right like that's where 
that's where they understand. And that's kind of where the, you know, the neural connections meet up with the things that God intended for us. And, and so when they see us live that way, they, you know, they begin to build a pattern. And, and so it's, yeah, like sometimes I think the things that we worry about and, and the things that we stress over, um, if, if we were just a little more intentional about, you know, doing some of the simple things, it, yeah. It could happen. I, I'm just, I'm just curious. I, I want you to just dig into the practicality of, you know, folks that maybe out there and and they are feeling, well, you know, a little tired, a little exhausted, a lot tired, a lot exhausted. You know, whatever. Um, what are some things that you, you know, might recommend to people to say, begin to do this to change. The, the way that you're functioning, the way that you're, you know, the, the rhythms in life that you've created or whatever, what are some things that, that could lead us toward, um, you know, moving away from exhaustion and being, you know, being better rested and better focused? Right. You know, I mean, it, it, it is going to take some self-reflection and some like, you know, awareness of as a family, you know, where are we spending our time? If you're, if you're parenting a child from trauma, if you're parenting in general, right, if you're parenting a child with special needs, those are all different, you know, like I, I can't speak directly into every family because I don't know your situation and what is causing the exhaustion. Like you said, sometimes there's a season of life, sometimes caring for another person, being a caregiver, and that may not be something that you can change, can be demanding on a spectrum. You know, parenting yeah. children that are in a healthy, you know, you know, capacity is demanding. Parenting a child with a special needs is even more demanding. And so there may be you know, situations where you're like, I can't give anything up. I'm not doing all the good extra things. I'm just surviving. Um, and in that case, I would say then we need to look for places that we can outsource and look mm -hmm. for place for ways that our community, hopefully we have one, right? And if we don't, yep. finding a community, um, but hopefully a community of faith, a church or and family that can come and help. I mean, I don't know, you know, there we're not meant to do this life alone. And it is, it takes vulnerability. It takes humility to ask for help. It is much easier and much more fun to be on the giving of the help than the receiving. <laughs> you know, um, there comes a, you know, that just is. And when yeah. you, but if you do not have the energy and the time and you are running on fumes because you are caring for others, then we need help. And there may be things that we can outsource that we didn't realize. And I'm talking about things such as like, you know, not this time of year where I live, but like mowing your grass or cooking a meal or, you know, picking up your Walmart pickup or whatever you have going on. Um, I think it's looking for ways that you can allow people to minister to you and being comfortable with that. Um, if it's not that situation, 
you know, where it's just life and you kind of self-evaluate and self-reflect and you're just having lots of distractions and there are lots of good things going on, but you have no time to connect with yourself and your family. Um, then priorities may need to be evaluated. Again, what are you saying yes to? Because you are saying no to something else. And so it is looking and really being intentional in what you give your time to. We only have 24 hours a day, you know, and how much of that time are, is spent running and um, absorbed in other things than the yeah. relationship that we really need to be cultivating. You know, I think those are two different things. Um, but sometimes we need to eliminate things. Sometimes we need to add other people into our lives right. to help eliminate things. Right. Well, and I I love that. And I want to I kind of want to go a step further with that, because um, w- one of the things that that you and Cullen are doing exceptionally well at First Baptist Crowley, and and in in the community of churches in your area is raising that issue to churches, right? And and to and acknowledging that part of us living as the body of Christ is being being attentive for those things for one another. And so when we have a church that learns how to care for, you know, families that have children that are coming from hard places, we you know, we enlarge the community that people of people that are understanding and willing to lean in. And so, you know, things that you're calling on people to do to find community and to find these things, you got to find like you got to find a community willing to, you know, have that journey with you. And I this is probably a long way around, but I was I was very impacted years ago. There was a film that was made about. Uh, the American foster care system and about the church's impact in the foster care system. And there was this one little guy, I actually had the privilege of seeing the movie before it, you know, before it was fully cut together. He didn't actually make it in the movie. And I've always been like really sad that, that he didn't get to be part of this, but there was this one, this one elderly gentleman that they interviewed. And I don't really remember his name, but I'm going to say Bob, but they, you know, so, so Bob, can't, you know, and it's like, he's just like, hey, my name is Bob and I do foster care. And and you looked at him and you're like, no, you don't, because you're you're probably like nobody would license you to be a foster parent because, you know, of your age and, and some things. And but he went on to say, he said, I do foster care um, because I have a lawnmower. And and I I go to the houses of the families in my church who have who are caring for kids who who need to be cared for in the foster care system and I cut their grass. Mm-hmm. And he said maybe that gives them the opportunity like I'm going to cry. Like he said maybe that gives them the opportunity to to you know go to, go to a doctor's appointment or do something that they need to do or maybe it just gives them time to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Cuz what they're doing is really hard and I've got a lawnmower and so I can do that. And Man, like what a what a beautiful testimony of somebody in the body of Christ taking what they have and taking what they can do and and bringing it to bear to 
care for someone else in, you know, in a meaningful way. And so I think we, you know, I just, I, I love the fact that, you know, you guys are being attentive to the needs of birth families and trying to figure out how to reach out to, you know, families that are in crisis and all these different kind of things. And, and like the people on the podcast can't, couldn't see your face, but I'll, tell it like I said this and I started to, to wind this up and you gave me this look like please don't like use us as an example well, um, we have not arrived you know I mean well, we're in the journey um, yeah, none of us have but to be done you know and I think we're learning and I mean I do I think that's a beautiful story and I I think what we've come to realize is we we all have work to do it doesn't yeah. matter how old you are it doesn't matter your gifts or limitations like this is ministering to vulnerable families and children is what we're called to do and right. i think any any effort in that and that's what i it's we're coming to realize like there we can't minimize any effort because that can be really effective for another person or family um, that is just maybe struggling, you know, that just maybe does need a nap or, you know, you can pick something up for them on the way to, you know, they're, you're on their way home, you know, and those little things add up and it and amounts in time and it amounts yeah. in energy, you know, to load up kids in car seats and go to pick up something <sighs> like that makes me tired right now. And I'm out of car seat stage. I'll be honest. <laughs> the idea of loading kids up in car seats, like that is just not easy, you know, but so, I mean, I did, yeah, I definitely think that there is, there is an, there are opportunities for the body of Christ to really do this work and for yeah. families, but it does require the body of Christ, the church to be aware and the family yeah. to be open and receptive. Yeah. You know? And so I think that sometimes the idea is, well, you know, we, we took this, we took these children on, or we took this in and it's our own problems and, you know, it's our burdens to bear. And I think we're missing out on so much there, you know, um, we are, hopefully a family and we are supposed to share burdens, you know, yeah. and we're supposed to, you know, rely on one another. And that's very uncomfortable, I think, in our culture, mm -hmm. a lot of times um, that, you know, I, this is my decision, my choice, and I'm going to have to deal with it. And, you know, that's just, you were missing out on a lot of um, beautiful opportunity and blessing there for everyone involved. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think, um, yeah, I'm just going to say this. So, I, you know, part of like how to how Satan represented in the scriptures. Right. He's mm -hmm. he's Satan's a deceiver. Like Jesus says that blatantly many times through the Gospels. And and I think sometimes with with foster and adoptive families, one of the one of the deceptions that we live under in all this is that if we if we're to admit how hard it is, if we're to admit the struggles that are happening with us, that somehow um, like we're disappointing the Lord or we're dishonoring the calling that God's placed in our lives. When when we say this thing that we that we've told everybody God called us to do, 
when when we say it's harder than I can do. Well, and I think that, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah I think that comes back, though. Isn't that like, it's almost like a transactional view of, <laughs> yeah. of the gospel, isn't it? You know, like, yeah. I was called to this, and so it should be easy. You know, I was I was called to go to this mission field or I was called to go to this job and and when it when it honestly is just really hard and messy, then did we miss the calling? You know, I you know, did we make a mistake and I was called to pursue a family through fostering or through adopting. Yeah. And now it's really messy and it's really hard. And like, did I fail? Did I miss the Lord somewhere? And I would say absolutely not. Right. Like our callings are not necessarily that everything is going to be rosy and beautiful. (laughs) Like we are called to minister to people and people are messy. And so when it's hard and when it's, gross and when it's complex and when it's just exhausting the lord is still there like you didn't miss it you didn't mess it up you know failure in the sight of the world does not mean failure in god's eyes and when we're obedient to him and when we follow him and when we are part of a community and we are seeking him his grace is there and so i think it's really like we just have a misunderstanding, I think, sometimes that just because we were called to something or we were told to do something that it's going to be beautiful and easy. And the reality is it's going to be messy and complex. And well, yeah. that doesn't mean it's not of the Lord. <laughs> you know, well, I it's, mean, it's funny. I mean, because like when we're doing something that God, you know, like a a God sized thing, I mean, something God's called us to do. Why would we not expect that it's like we're going to need the Lord? We're going to need God's people like it's it's going to be bigger than us because God didn't call us to do things that we that we're capable of doing. He calls us to do things so that he can he can work in us and through us and empower us and raise up people around us and all that. So and I think as parenting, I would say this, Rick, parenting and parenting children from, you know, affected by trauma, that is like, it just takes a lot internally. You know, you have an expectation of yourself. We touched on this earlier. You have an expectation of yourself and then you are, your buttons are being pushed. You know, like, like they, like children kind of just looking out the weakness, right. you know, and they know where to get you and they know how far to push. And, and that is exhausting because you can yeah. feel like, you know, you're always trying to be mindful of your own regulation and, you know, and, and saying and doing and all those things. And I think, you know, it, it takes, it, it's just a lot of, again, self-reflection of like, okay, like what is my needs here? What am I bringing into this relationship? You know, I don't come to this relationship as a blank slate either. You know, I have my own stuff and, you know, that can be for lack of better word, triggered with children and, you know, and so 
I think you wanting it to do better than our parents or to be different or all these things, all these pressures and expectations can be exhausting too. And I don't want to kind of not have that in this conversation. There's external stressors, but there are internal pressures that we bring to this as well um, that, you know, we just have to be aware of and just, again, remind ourselves that maybe there's some things we need to work on and that's okay. But God's grace is also sufficient, you know, and, you know, his grace is not just for the children, but for us. Yeah. As parents. I I think, you know, Kara, as we kind of close our time out, I think the the one thing that I feel sort of compelled to say is um, for folks that are out there listening, that I mean, that's kind of what you do as a therapist, right? Like part of. And I think sometimes we have this sort of mysterious view of what counseling is yeah. and, and, you know, and fo- in, in particularly, like if that's not something that you walk through and, and you haven't had a, you know, relationship with a therapist, um, it's, it's being able to sit with someone who can help you see those things and someone who's, who's listening and active and present and asking questions and all kinds of th- things in a, in a really informed way that, that they're helping you take perspective on things that we struggle to take perspective on, whether that's internal or external. And, and then really just kind of talk about like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, it, what? Yeah. Common- yeah, it's working. I mean, therapy is hard, but yeah. but it's without judgment, you know, right. and I think so sometimes, you know, when you are being triggered, when your buttons are being pushed, you know, I know myself and the counselors at Lifeline, we are, we come at a, from a posture of grace and humility, knowing that <laughs> it is hard to share your story sometimes and that this journey is not easy but we are we are in this profession because we see the need and we want to help you know and and walk alongside you to help you know in any way that we can and sometimes that is just dealing with our own stuff you know and we all have it and that's okay. You know, we, again, we live in a broken world and, um, you know, and it's a holistic, it's a holistic approach for sure. Yeah. That I think is necessary. Well, I love it. And I love the fact that we get a chance to be able to be part of that in people's yeah. lives and that, you know, God's, God's given us that, you know, that gracious opportunity. Um, and I'm really thankful you're part of our team. And well, so, I'm thankful to be part of this team. I really am. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks for, you know, thanks for today. Thanks for sitting down and and talking about something that I think, um, you know, people really want to talk about and consider. And, and so I just want to encourage you if, you know, if you're out there and some of this has landed with you, um, you know, don't let the the experience of listening today be one of those things that you sort of lean into for a moment and then walk away from, but, um, but really consider what it is that God might, you know, be doing in stirring in your life to be able to create some margin or to be able to, you know, to, 
to get a deep breath or maybe even to reach out, you know, to your church or to a Christian therapist or somebody to help, maybe, maybe reach out to us at Lifeline and maybe there's something we can do. But um, at the end of the day, um, we know that part of, part of our calling as believers is, um, is to bear one another's burdens and to walk with one another um, through, you know, all of, all of the phases and facets of life. And, and so at Lifeline, we, um, we're thankful that we get that role. Uh, we're thankful that we get to, to, to do things like counseling and parent coaching and providing resources and all kinds of things to help you and to help your church to serve uh, vulnerable children and vulnerable families and, and ultimately to equip the body of Christ. And so I'm Rick Morton. Uh, on behalf of Kara Clark, we want to say thank you for listening to the Defender podcast today. And we hope that you'll meet us right back here next week again uh, as, as we unpack another episode and we consider what it means to uh, defend orphan and vulnerable children and vulnerable families in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.